Hi, I'm James Davison, driver in the NASCAR Cup Series and Indianapolis 500. You're listening to The Podium. This is The Podium, where we celebrate the best in the world of motorsport. And we're joined right now with a guy that's competing over in America. It's one of our Australians. He's got a name synonymous with Australian motorsport. It's James Davis. And James, thanks so much for joining us on the podium. Yeah, sure thing. Thank you. Now, James, before we talk about any of the on-track stuff that's going on for you, talk about the COVID situation. I understand that you're in Indianapolis at the moment. Yes, uh, just got uh, drove down from the cup race in Michigan last night and got here late last night in time for practice starting on Wednesday so it's Monday night here and yeah just got to recharge my batteries a bit after doing two cup races on Saturday and Sunday Um, of course just traveling and all the adrenaline going and lots of different bits and pieces getting fitted into the IndyCar uh, getting helmet uh, helmet designs done Uh, this came together very late as a result of yeah the whole COVID situation and they're not being uh, a full grid of 33 cars um, kind of led to uh, my deal coming together quite late. Understandably, a lot of companies and sponsors haven't done as well uh, financially in, in the first half of this year, and, and it's made it pretty tough for uh, a lot of sponsors to continue being a part of, of motorsport. So I'm certainly blessed to be starting my six Indy 500 in two weeks time oh yeah it's exciting for sure for all of us Aussies here now before we talk about the Indy 500 you mentioned there it's going to be your sixth attempt at the big race let's talk about the NASCAR Cup Series because you've been competing in a few NASCAR races you mentioned you did two over the weekend talk about how this deal came about because originally it was planned for you to debut at Talladega wasn't it yeah it was and I had been approved to drive on the super speedway but that was prior to the covid situation where a normal weekend would have practice and qualifying to get laps and familiarity with the track so uh, nascar had to review the situation understandably being the top premier series in in the country and of course one of the biggest in the world for someone to just go in having never driven before was I guess a bit of a legal liability to them. I felt I would have been fine on a seven lane wide open racetrack um, and just using my head, but you know, they needed to do what they needed to do. So it meant that I did my debut at Pocono, which I think turned into a blessing in disguise because it was a double header weekend. I got more mileage in. Um, I could apply what I learned on Saturday uh, for Sunday's race but a very unprecedented situation. I drove a stock car on an oval in the Cup Series for the first time taking the green flag. I mean, <laughs> just crazy. <laughs> but I've, you know, I'm old enough and I've got enough experience to just get on with it and not overthink it. And it turned out, it turned out well. Um, you know, finishing in the top thirty, which sounds terrible, but the disparity in NASCAR is unlike any other series. I mean, it's bigger than Formula One. You've got the small teams down the back spending $4 million a year compared to the top teams spending twenty-five to 30 So you're over 50 horsepower down. You've got 
nowhere near the aero, aerodynamic or mechanical grip. And, I mean, we, we can be running around two to four seconds a lap off on some of these ovals, but you just get on with it. You know, it, it, it creates a situation where I am able to make it have a start in, in the Cup Series. You've just got to kind of swallow your pride, obviously, with it. No one likes seeing their name P30 on the timesheet, but it's like sports car racing where we're in a different class of car, even though it just says, you know, uh, we're all we're all a NASCAR or a stock car. It's, it's a very unique situation. But like I said, one that has allowed me to get a start in, in NASCAR and race consistently, and uh, I'm enjoying it. It's, fantastic to be a part of and and yeah living living the dream honestly and uh i've just got to start somewhere gain some experience and hopefully be able to move into some stronger equipment in due course yeah look you, you said it there you jumped into the car first laps were in a race what are you doing to prepare like seeing that you don't have this lead up with practice and everything what are you doing are you doing simulator stuff at home how are you preparing for these races yeah, so I've, I did a couple of that on iRacing, but honestly, no more than 20 or 30 minutes because there's only so much that you can really learn when it's not apples and apples. You get an idea where the track goes. I mean, that's another thing as well. I had never driven a Pocono before. So not only was it the first time I drove a stock car on an oval, but it was the first time I drove a stock car on an oval that I had never driven. The same with New Hampshire. Uh, two weeks ago and Michigan I hadn't driven any of those ovals because IndyCar um, or Indy Lights wasn't racing there at least when I was a part of it so um, also watching on YouTube you can watch some full full race onboard cameras with some of the top cars so uh, that that certainly helps getting an idea how deep you can go into pit lane where the pit entries are because yeah there's no practice you just go it's just such a crazy unprecedented situation and certainly not one I would <laughs> wish on any young driver I think I'm, I'm I'm okay handling it like I said because I'm you know I'm in my 30s now and and I've had the opportunity to drive a lot of different cars with the way that my career's played out not racing full-time um you know in a lot of series due to just how tough it's been to to get a big break in motorsport in the past probably one to two decades it's just gotten harder and harder um for the talent pool to get the opportunities that they all deserve so uh i found myself just driving whatever and gaining a lot of experience and um yeah it's been a, it's been a wild ride but uh I wouldn't really want to change it. It's, I've, I've had some fantastic opportunities to drive, you know, historic F1 cars, GPs, IndyCar, um, NASCAR, of course. And, and, yeah, that's just the kind of sum of it. Uh, did drove at the Chili Bowl in January, so my first race on dirt. Uh, driven a sprint car, did a sprint car race about a month ago here in Indianapolis on pavement, not dirt. So yeah, it's just crazy, crazy how it's, how my career's played out. But uh, here I am. Yeah, and, and how do you adjust for all these different categories that you're competing? Because if we look at your results, you've been pretty strong every time you get behind the wheel of any car, really. What is it? What are you doing to, to adjust? 
Well, honestly, just using my head and the experience that I've gained. So obviously, when you gain experience, it, it you then get confidence and predictability and ease. Um, you, you can be more relaxed in a kind of uh, unfamiliar or um, kind of being thrown into the deep end situation. And I've had that so many times where I you know, have, have been substituted in at the last minute to drive in the Indy 500 and I got one or two hours of practice when everyone's been practicing for two weeks. Um, I've, if this, this situation isn't new to me. So, uh, yeah, having been thrown in the deep end many times before and having driven so many different cars, uh, I just kind of plug and play. I get in the car, I feel what it does, and then I just apply my experience to it. And um, yeah, there's, there's there's no substitute for experience, and and it really really helps. And of course, we've got a supercar driver in Scott McLaughlin. It looks like he's going to be heading overseas very soon uh, with DJR Team Penske, obviously the association there. How do you reckon Scotty will go in an Indy car? Yeah, I mean, I think he's already proven himself that he's going to go well. And, you know, it's the way I see it with McLaughlin is a little bit like a, you know, a Lewis Hamilton situation. You've got an ultimate talent with the ultimate opportunity. And then there's the result of how successful he's been in V8, pretty much mirroring what Hamilton has in F1 or what Power has done in IndyCar or Scott Dixon. And, you know, really, that's the way the sport should work, that the best of talent should be able to go as far as they can. And, of course, the sport doesn't necessarily work like that. But it's great to see that when someone that really deserves it is is achieving their full potential. And not many of us get that opportunity, but I'm very happy to see that with McLaughlin and um, you know, he and I know each other a little bit, not very well, but uh, yeah, we get along well and we race each other in the IndyCar races that they had going on and um, we practice together and kind of work together on a few little fine details and yeah, I mean, he's, it, his results speak for himself and of course he was in the top three in his first uh official test day in IndyCar and, and, you know, he's got all the tools to succeed with the best of teammates, the best of equipment, all the simulators and and there's the results. So uh, good on him. I hope it all works out for him. Yeah, the IndyCar series looks a little different this year with the aero shields and a few other changes. What have you made of these changes? What are they like to drive? Have you had an opportunity yet to, to get a sample? I won't know until about 48 hours from now but uh it should all drive the same I've, I've heard spoken to drivers and they said they don't notice the difference um i understand it's going to be hotter it's going to be uh, quieter in the cockpit but in the end it's safer and um it certainly yeah helps it helps all of us kind of relax a little more or not just think about the risk uh, a lot of us are brave doing what we're doing and we don't think about the risk, risks, but of course, you know that they're there and, and this has, uh, yeah, made it a lot more um, uh, just comforting to, to know that the chances of 
the safety's just improved immensely in, in, in doing this. And I think you're going to see a few of the older drivers not retiring prematurely anymore uh, like they did in, in earlier times. So, um, yeah, it's, it's all good news. There's been a little bit of talk the past few days about Elio Castro Neves. What do you think will happen with him next next year? Do you reckon he should go on in IndyCar? Well, yeah, I mean, he still loves it. He's great for the series. He's super sharp. He's a guy that's like gotten better with age. I watched uh, the sports car at the last sports car race he did at Road America, and I mean, the intensity is. Is as high as an IndyCar race, even though they're endurance races, and the way he raced and the moves he pulled off, and the bravery he still has, and motivation is like someone that's half his age in the, in in their twenties. So he has a huge profile. He could only be good to a, a, um, a benefit for to another team, um, and hopefully help themselves some sponsorship for him as well. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out because really it's, it's a tough time for you know companies and sponsors to be involved in racing, but uh, we will see. So, uh, I mean, to answer your question, I really don't know where it'll land because yeah, a lot of teams are, I guess, trying to just secure sponsors to keep their current drivers um, or current contracted drivers in a ride. Uh, but you would think he would only really want to go to a team like McLaren or Andretti or Penske, um, which uh, not only are the top teams, but they're the teams that are most likely going to be able to find a sponsor for him. So, yeah, it's a, a different deal than driving for Roger Penske, who you know, obviously has wealth in the billions and, and corporate connections that are just uh, unlike any other owner in IndyCar. So... Yeah, it'll be interesting. For I'm sure. not sure. Well, yeah, so we've got the Indy 500 coming up very soon. Uh, this year, it's also been announced there'll be no fans at this event, so it's going to be a very different-looking Indianapolis 500. You've done five starts already. Uh, you had an awesome run in 2017. Unfortunately, yeah, got caught up in a shunt. You were leading laps that race. A year ago, you had your best-ever result, 12th place. What are the expectations for the upcoming Indianapolis 500 and what are you expecting it to look like this season? Yeah, expectations. I would like to think that we can do the same as last year, qualifying and finishing in the top half of the field, which is an achievement in itself because, I mean, you're up against four Penske cars, six Andretti cars, three Ganassi cars, three McLaren cars, three Carpenter cars. And I mean, there's there's half the field. So if you make it, if you're on a mid-range team, a smaller budget team like Dale Coyne and you're a third car, just to, to be around the midfield is an achievement. And I mean, yeah, we qualified 15th ahead of Dixon, Canaan, Hunter Ray, genuinely raced up to ninth in the first stint. But then, of course, Elio and I had a collision in the pits, which was just a bit of a racing incident because I had an issue with my car, some of the electronics on the pit lane speed limiter that caused it. Um, but then we didn't give up and we went two laps down and ended up recovering and getting the laps back and finishing 12th. So, I mean, I would my goal, I would say, would be to finish in the top 10. Um, so much of the race is survival and just hanging in there. And so... Um, 
yeah, of course I want to win, but then again, I'm not driving for Penske or one of those top teams. So you kind of got to be realistic. Oh, for sure. And like you said, you're going to get in the car in the next 48 hours. What else are you going to be doing before the big weekend of quali and racing? Yeah, just resting, to be honest, from Michigan and the travel and so on. Um, You know, I've done quite a lot of miles of racing in the last, uh, let's call it nine days. I've probably done um, nearly a thousand miles of racing. So with the travel involved and the adrenaline that's pumping through you, you don't sleep as well sometimes. So yeah, I just want to recharge my batteries. And looking past the Indianapolis 500, what else is on the uh, calendar for this year for you, James Davison? It looks like I'll do at least another 10 cup races. So um, I'll be doing the Daytona 400 mile race um, the weekend after the Indy 500, uh, the Southern 500 at Darlington, um, a number of the short tracks like Bristol, Martinsville, Richmond, uh, Talladega I'll be doing. Um, Kansas, Phoenix, uh, that's nearly most of them that I can remember. But yeah, the majority of the cup races for the rest of the year. So it'll be really good experience. Again, you know, I've just got to uh, eat humble pie knowing that, you know, I'm going to be battling between 30th and 40th place with the gear we're in. But um, you've got to start somewhere. And um, of course, you know, when you don't have the, the, the big dollars behind you, you, you can't just start in good equipment. So um, I'm just fortunate as it is to be, to be getting a start, um, period. Well, James Davison, we wish you all the very best for the upcoming Indianapolis 500 and the NASCAR races this season. It's been great having you on the podium. Yeah, thank you. Hope uh, things improve down there in Australia for everyone.